This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When a new family member is added to the mix, it's been said that love doesn't divide, it multiplies. Unfortunately, the same cannot be said for time. Time is a finite resource, and many families never seem to have enough of it, despite the best planning efforts and intentions. But there are some tips and strategies for families to help them maximize their schedules, especially with multiple children in the mix. I'm Nancy Cohen, Child Development and Behavior Specialist, and this is Parent Savers, Episode 87. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Would you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Parent Savers, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Parent Savers is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for parents of newborns, infants, and toddlers. I'm your host, John O'Reill. Thanks again to all of our loyal listeners who join us week in and week out, and thanks also to those who are listening for the first time. As you may know, you can join our Parent Savers Club and receive access to special bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts from time to time. And if you haven't already, please make sure to download the free Parent Savers app so you can automatically have access to all the great parenting advice and conversation we have on Parent Savers every week, and you can access all of our archived episodes as well. So if there's ever a topic we covered within the past year and a half, we're going to be coming up on two years pretty soon, um, you can you can access it. It's great. It's a really great resource, so make sure to check them out. So let's start this week's conversation by meeting everyone who's joining us in the room. We've got a full house of panelists and our expert. Um, I'll start. Uh, I'm John O'Reill. I have three boys, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old, Quinner, Whitaker, and Zyler. And to my right is Annie. Hi, I'm Annie. I'm a teacher, but I'm a maternity leave right now. I have three little girls, the youngest being one month. Uh, next oldest one is a year and a half, and then an eight-year-old. I'm Rachel Robinson. Um, I'm currently working as a doula. I'm 25. I have one two-year-old boy named Ryder. So we're maybe going to intimidate you with this conversation Already. Today. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> My name is Jolene. I have two boys, one that is five. His name is Sam and Logan, who is three. Nice. I'm Nancy Cohen. I'm a child development and a behavior specialist. I have one daughter. She is 36 next week. And no grandchildren yet, but keeping my fingers crossed. But no pressure. (laughs) No pressure. No pressure. pressure. So, Catherine, if you're listening. (laughs) No pressure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you. 
Before we jump into today's topic, let's talk about baby names um, and in our news headline segment. And maybe some of you guys have seen this story. If not, we'll link it on the episode page. But, uh, you know, the headline is, oh, have you met my kids Panda, Phone, and Cheese? These are the weirdest baby names of 2013. And so parenting website Baby Center released its annual baby name special report, which included a roundup of the year's most unusual monikers. And upon first glance, there are some clear standouts here for girls, Blip, Fairy, and Kiwi. I don't know if those are all weird, but Blip is good. Kiwi, if you were from, you know, what? Australia would be bizarre, yeah. Maybe if, you know, New Zealand was a special place in the... Conception. (laughs) Conception of, yeah. yeah. Um, So let's see, some of the boys' names are Ajax... Bow Bow, B-A-O, B-A-O, Cheese, Danish, which is kind of funny. Those are next to <laughs> Egypt, Jag, Panda, and Rocket. Um, where do they come up with these and names? So there's a database where you can see um, how many people were actually named this. And Swag, there were two kids named Swag. <laughs> there were three kids named Butt. I know, with no. two T's. With two oh, T's. No. That's crazy. That's so cruel. That's setting your child up for some but serious nickname drama. Hot dog, there were two. There were six butter beans, three phones, 34 named Freak, three <gasps> named Poopy. What? Two like Superman, three Mushroom, and three Elbow. And so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 three Elbow. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> right. So, but I mean, okay, I have a unique name, Johnner. You know, it's no. But it's but, not weird. It's not. Right. And almost, some of these almost seem like they're mean, right? Yeah, Which, yeah. But, but seems mean to me. Who's oh, freak? Yeah. Yeah. freak? Yeah, freak was. <laughs> freak. I, I mean, it's like Seymour Butts. You know, yeah. it's just, it's a joke waiting to happen. Why would you set your kid up for that? Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's it, what I was thinking. It's possible. I mean, I'm not going to defend. I mean, I'm all for unique names. Like, I actually would advocate. Like, I think unique names are great. Come and have a unique name myself. But, but, it's what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> is, um, you know, maybe there's a cultural thing. It, it's, but, maybe, I don't know. Does it it's, say on there where <laughs> these are names are No, it from? doesn't. It so, doesn't. that's the thing. So, like, on one hand, Kiwi. I, I think Kiwi's a, a I, I have no problem with the, with the kid named Kiwi. I do have a problem with the kid named Poopy. You know, yeah. for nicknames, I think they're fine. You know, but then these people. Well, hey, if you want to call, hey, I'm tomorrow. I'm gonna go hang out with some friends that I haven't seen in years, and he's known as Chicken. So, got it. There you go. But it's a nickname, but it's not a nickname. his birth name. Yeah. So you know, there. It's not like Poopy Esquire. You know what I mean? He's good. <laughs> this person's gonna be an adult at some point. Right. Hopefully, on his driver's license, yeah. that would look really cute, right? Yeah. Yeah. Poopy. You know why Poopy. I pulled you over, Poopy? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and that was something that my parents told me that went into my name. My I have a very. Uh, you know, what they thought was timeless and, uh, and they said, well, you know, there were a lot of names that were very popular, you know, in the late seventies when you were born, but we didn't want you to be one of a million Jennifers. Uh, and, but the same, same token, it had to be a name that they said, you know, if you wanted to grow up and be a doctor, you know, there were certain names that were popular then Mm. that they're like, it just wouldn't sound good as a doctor. You know, whatever, you know, butterbean. I worked with a (laughs) guy whose last name was Kraft. And he wanted to name his son Air. <laughs> oh, God. right. Well, that's like with Kim Kardashian. They just named their baby Northwest. Right. Which is 
Yeah, I, and you wonder I, if yeah. they do have more, if they're going to keep going. Do well, they at least it's southwest, 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 east, west. <laughs> at least it's not like east, a east. seemingly east, cruel east. type name. Like, my name is is different. Um, I mean, obviously, there's plenty of people named Jolene, but it wasn't necessarily popular at the time. Well, I think it was popular at the time because I was born right around when the song came out. But growing up, I didn't know anybody else's name was Jolene, and I wished my name was Julie. So I, because it was obviously close, and I could never find, you know, the bumper sticker right, or the right, little right. license. Yeah. Plate things to that is very important as a seven-year-old. It is. Yeah. So I you can't. Mom, I mean, there's no butt here. Exactly. <laughs> or freak or whatever. I mean, that just seems like you're just setting your kid up for. I mean, I'm not saying every kid's going to be traumatized because they can't find a license plate number, but I was. No, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. So basically, if you choose to name your kid one of these names, then you have to be saving for therapy as well. Yeah, yeah I might. That's what I yeah. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, let's dive into today's topic. We're going to talk about balancing schedules with multiple children, which is actually something probably a few of us had to do just to be here today um, to record. So thank you all for joining us, and thanks to everyone for listening. Today we're talking with Nancy Cohen, a child development and behavior specialist. Thank you so much for joining us. Happy to be here. Let's just ask the broad question. How do people balance their schedules with their families? With huge difficulty and guilt. That's, <laughs> That's what I right. have to say. The and, guilt. <laughs> and, and, you know, I don't think it comes easily. I don't think it comes naturally. I don't think it's just one of those things you wake up and say, oh, what are we going to do today? because you already have about 500 things scheduled that you have to do. So I think thinking ahead, kind of looking ahead at the week or looking ahead at the month or you know, trying to f- kind of figure out and look ahead to see what's going on for your kids as well as for you to make some accommodations, yeah. that's really important. Yeah, it's probably a pretty common, I would imagine, here in the room and with our listeners that, you know, in our family, if it's not on the calendar, calendar. it doesn't exist. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so, you know, all members of the family that are able need to be able trained in how to use that family calendar exactly. to keep things balanced. Right. Um, and so, yeah, and so, but I think it's important, kind of what you said, too, that you're also looking at it from the kid's perspective, too. It's not Absolutely. just family, but each individual, especially our listeners have a lot of, um, you know, young kids focused on kids five and under. Right. Um, but, you know, they have activities and you need to look at them individually, too. Um, but so what's the balance, though, between doing things together and then giving kids their own time and being cognizant and aware of what they need? Actually, it's really in the children's best interest and the family's best interest to have combinations of people doing things together, which, again, can be a little bit tricky. So it's not all family time or only time for individual kids who are having their activities, but, you know, dad and one kid or dad and two kids or mom and one kid. And, yeah. You know, so you kind of mix things up so that the family can have different dynamics. So it's not always just family time, because I know a lot of families say, oh, we do everything together, which is also really nice to do some things together. But if you have different age children, they have different needs and want to be doing different things. So sometimes dragging the little one to something that the older one is able to do it doesn't make it fun for anybody. Right. Right. right, right. So really taking a look at different combinations of you know, different dyads and triads of who can do things together. And that's what I'm kind of struggling with right now, Nancy, is so having the two young children and then my elementary school child. So I can go to like Java Mama across the street, which is like a coffee shop playhouse. 
And yeah, and so my toddler, she's in heaven. Uh, and my infant, you know, it's it's loud there, so she falls right asleep. So I think that's awesome. But then my eight-year-old's bored, and I run into that so much of just how do I find stuff that bridges the common interests and what I'm finding more and more with, you know, my whole one month of being a mom of three here is that <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to it's when really there's hard. a large uh, gap within your children's ages. Right. And sometimes they have to accommodate each other. They have to mm-hmm. realize, and, and I think acknowledging your eight-year-old's feelings about that. I know this is hard for you. It's a little bit boring. You know, when later on this afternoon, we'll be able to have some time together. And I think that'll be more fun. And your sisters won't be here um, to take away from that time with us. Mm-hmm. So acknowledging that, yeah, sometimes this is a bummer. This isn't really what you want to be doing. And I understand. And that's part of being in a family. Yeah. But you're going to have your chance, too. Mm-hmm. So they don't think, that's oh, the teacher's always being dragged around. That's the teachable moment, one would say, in my profession. So <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This is what patience looks like. And this exactly. is what uh, acknowledging the need of the you know, youngest sometimes. You know. right. I, hey, so I, I gave though. you this attention when you were little. So I exactly. feel like we're so rough on our oldest, though. And yes. I mean, for you know, th- they end up having mm-hmm. to bear the brunt of that lesson so many times. Like, well, your brother's two, remember? And it's like you just you. I feel bad for him, our six-year-old, that we have to keep telling him that. Right. You know, you want to give him that time. Right, which is why you do want to do something special with the six-year-old. Yeah. And they won't even remember it, though. I mean, they'll, they're still even if you do a hundred things just for the six-year-old. They're still thinking that the little ones get more. Right. So it never really balances out. But for your own sake, I think, and really having that extra time with the older ones, I think, is really helpful for them. You know, taking her to a movie or doing something that the little ones can't do, doing something special for the six-year-old. And then saying, isn't this great? You know, we get to have this time alone and do this fun stuff. And the babies aren't with us. And, you know, that's really great that we're able to do that. Have you heard of FOMO? No. Fear of missing out. And so I think my Aww. wife has it really bad. And so we end up, you know, I, I, I would say that to her face. We talk about it. So it's not like I'm telling secrets. Right. Like that she, that she really has someone. I think I to some extent too. And so that I think is a lot of times when our families want to do things together and not split up. Mm-hmm. We're worried not only for us, but is the six-year-old going to be sad about the four-year-old's getting to do something? Or is he going to be sad? Like missing out on something. So if we all just stick together, we're all having the same experience. But maybe that's not the way to look at it. I think a blending, again, of both, yeah. you know, so you're having some experiences as the full family and nobody's missing out, and then having some things that are for individual kids, because they love that one-on-one time. They do. They really, and they need it. Yeah. They need it. So that's Do we have a question say. from Facebook? Yes, we have a question from Leah Hansen Vachari or Vachani. She basically has um, the same issue right now, where she has a three-and-a-half-year-old and a five-week-old. Um, and she she has also second and third children. She wants to know how do you deal with the nap versus activity for the older kids because the nap schedule might not allow them to go to their activities. At what point do you draw the line? How do you juggle this? That's a great point. Sometimes activities have to be put on hold, particularly when they have a really young baby. Right. But other times, little babies, like five-week-old babies, and you guys with a one-month-old, you'll know, you can tell me better. Um, you're on the front lines. <laughs> <laughs> but I think sometimes you can take the baby. You know, sometimes little, little babies, particularly second babies, are portable, you know, so right, they can just sure. be in your carrier while, you're, while your son or daughter is playing soccer. Um, you know, again, that's all... 
you know, well and good. Optimal, (laughs) right, exactly. But when they're particularly little, you can do that. When they get a little bit older and they do have a set nap time, then it does become more difficult. And then what I like to recommend is relying on friends and family and other people who are on the soccer team um, so that you can be carpooling a little Mm. bit. You know, so if you can't take the children, but maybe you could pick them up because it's after the, the, you know, and that you can't always be at the soccer game, but maybe another parent can be at the soccer game. So kind of trying to work out logistics using support. I think that there's probably a big issue that a lot of people have with they don't want to ask for help. Um, But I think that, you know, what you touch on is that ask for help. You know, people love if somebody asks you for help. A lot of times you love helping your friends exactly. and with their kids and seeing exactly. it. The, you obviously can't tap it out, but don't be afraid to ask for help. Right. And somebody, your friend might say, no, I can't. But, right. you know, at least you ask and, and don't it hold might it be personally. somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> don't take it personally. Exactly. Right. People have other things they have to do. Unless it's your mother-in-law and you ask her a few times and she says, oh, never mind. I'm talking about that. a whole other show. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, so what are some tips, though, for scheduling that one-on-one time? Um, you know, it is super important, but, you know, there's family situations where maybe they don't allow it. You know, what are some tips? Asking for help, maybe one of them, to be able to get the one-on-one the time. The one-on-one time. Yeah. Um, I suggest something with every single family that I work with or I see or I know, and that's called special time. And that's one-on-one time, particularly with the older children, over two, with one parent, one child, in the home. So it's not like special time out in the world or you're going to a movie, you're going to Disneyland or doing something special like that, which is also fun to do. But it's basically one-on-one where the parent is sitting down on the floor playing with the child. So you can be doing blocks, you can be doing coloring, you could do some kind of other art activity, a game like Uno. I played Uno probably 10,000 times. Love Uno. (laughs) Right. And so it's something that you can do one-on-one with the child, close that door, just you alone with the child, giving that full-on attention. And you call it special time, and you schedule it on the calendar. You actually put it on the calendar. And each of your children get that special time, you know, after the age of about two. Um, because babies get our special time pretty much all the time. All the time, although, right. Yeah. Although really, it's always know, special time. It's yeah. always special time with that infant. But um, for the older children particularly, you call it special time. You put it on the calendar. You have it one-on-one. Dad does it. Mom does it. Or mom and mom or dad and dad, whatever the configuration is of the family. And um, those kids know, yay, I get mommy right. for 20 minutes. It's about 20 minutes long. That's all. It's called special time, and it's just, it's a miracle. My daughter told me as an adult that looking back on her childhood, it was the very, now she's an only child, so, you know, that's a whole other, that's a whole other program, (laughs) but um, she loved special time. She felt that because in our busy lives, I'm a working mom, she had a working dad, um, we really needed to schedule that one-on-one, you've got me, no cell phone, no television, no computer, no iPad, no nothing, just me and the child, mom, dad, the child. It's really helpful. It's like a small step to make a big impact. Exactly. It's money in the bank. (laughs) It really does because then they feel like they've gotten that because all children want attention. Of course. You know, the bottom line is I want to be loved only. I want to be loved best and I want to be loved only, (laughs) really. And since I can't have that, at least 20 minutes, you know, every couple days is pretty good. So... That's what I would recommend for one-on-one time. I think it's like what you say is really important, too, about put everything else away. I mean, it's easy to have those other distractions or they want them, but make sure that you're totally focused totally on Totally engaged. And well. they totally notice if you glance at your phone. <laughs> exactly. Mom, oh, yeah. put your phone away. Yeah. yeah. I've they hate that before. those cell phones. Yes. 
Definitely. Well, let's take, I think this is a good time to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about um, unstructured time, how technology actually can help, though, too, even though we're talking about avoiding it, but, you know, in the planning and some other things. So we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we're talking about balancing schedules with multiple children with Nancy Cohen. Thanks again for joining us. So let's talk about unstructured time. Like, is it, we're talking about having structured special time, but how important is just unstructured time? Is that something you really need to schedule, but even though it's scheduling to do nothing structured? You know, this is a quandary for me, and I'm glad parents are here to kind of talk about this too, because, you know, when I was a kid growing up a million years ago, and even when my daughter was growing up 36 years ago, it was easier to have unstructured time. Um, and there was more neighborhood playing, you know. Kids just kind of went outside. Go outside. I, I went outside for eight hours. My mother had no idea where I right. was. You know, it's a ma- miracle I ever came back. <laughs> but um, so it, it, it's it's important to have some unstructured time so that things can kind of fall in place and you can just enjoy being together. And it's like nice being in your jammies on a Sunday. But I know that there's so many things going on in everyone's lives that, you know, the idea of unstructured time is one thing, but actually having it, people seem to say to me, we don't ever have time for unstructured time because we're always Mm. planning something. There's always something on that calendar. I think my wife feels a big pressure. And we talked about, we've talked about this kind of the book report mentality to at the end of the weekend, if somebody asks you on Monday, what'd you guys do this weekend? That you have to be able to list all these things off. And so there's... If something's not scheduled for a day, like what? That was an opportunity to schedule something. But kids, especially as they get closer to five or older or six, they do want that unstructured time. We actually, though, we live on a street with a lot of kids. um, And there's some families that are totally open to the, hey, can Nate come out and play or whatever? But there's other families where Corner's gone by and knocked on their door, and then they send Christina an angry text. And I'm like, what, what are you doing? Like, what really? are you doing yes. having them asking? Like, well, because they don't want to have to be the bad guy or say no or anything. Oh, and it's no. really interesting that I feel like it's totally different than how we've how we grew up. That some people are saying, I would send an angry text back. <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> but, no, that seems unreasonable. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I mean, my daughter, the the eight year old, mm-hmm. is like, well, can I have a play date? I'm like, yeah. It's called going outside and knocking and on playing. people's doors right. and go and play. Like, we found know. that some parents like want us to clear that first. But your kids also need to learn that sometimes it's not a good time. And right. they have yeah. to. So if you're at the door and they say, okay, well, Johnny's doing his homework or whatever, that's an acceptable answer. Yeah. And yes, you might be bummed, but A, you tried. Yeah. And, well, know. disappointment is part of life. Exactly. exactly. It's a life Right. So, so what can you do now? Right. Yeah. Do something else. Yeah. Ask, some, ask somebody else to go play with you. So, yeah. Or and learning to play did, along. Alone. Play solitaire. Right. There mm-hmm. you go. Play alone. <laughs> yeah, right. I, th- I think that it's important to have some unscheduled time because kids don't really know what to do with themselves. A lot of children, when they have 15, 20 minutes... That are un- it's unscheduled time. They're they're like baffled. What what am I going to do? What do you mean? What are you going to do? Play? Yeah. Well, because they're so that, scheduled. That playroom with all those toys. That's a good place to figure something out. But I I know a lot of kids who are just like I don't know what to do because they are so scheduled. Yeah. Every minute of every day, every weekend, there's a plan. Yeah. And then when they have a few minutes of downtime, they're amazed at or they just want to be on the computer so it's either it's either being scheduled or being on the computer for my children it started from very early age they've been in in, uh, military daycares which are all um accredited by um it's like national association of uh, education of young children that's it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so but um it's all very very scheduled from you know it's not like you know they're not like marching in rank or anything but 
from the time when my uh, daughters were in daycare from when they were six weeks old, there's a schedule for every moment of every day of, okay, we have circle time, and here's our time when we wash our hands, and here's our time for our free play outside. So it's not even... That's not even unscheduled because it's scheduled as free play time for 15 minutes or whatever it is. So, right, right, yeah. Right. So, yeah, like you said, then now my daughter's like, well, what do I do? I'm like, I don't know, read a book. I also think it's a parent's poss- responsibility of deciding what's too much for your kids, like depending on how many kids you have and yeah. what activities they're in. You know, I have some family members where every kid is in a sport and it might be a different sport, a different field, a different. So then, of course, that comes into the scheduling and which parents taking which kids, etc. But, you know, my son just stopped playing, uh, just finished with soccer. And I was like, OK, what are we going to have him do now? And my husband's like, nothing. <laughs> I'm like, nothing. Well, what about, you know, something else? And he's like, well, you know, because we're going to have him play baseball and that starts in February. He's like, yeah. don't you want some time to like have a Saturday morning where we don't have to wash out the door to go to a game? And I'm like, okay, I guess so. What yeah, are we going to do? Those things so parents happen. get a little bit like that too. Exactly. That's a battle. Right, right, right. Right. Because we get used to that. We get used to the schedule and used to knowing what's happening. And then suddenly we don't have that anymore. And it's like, uh, 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 what are we going to do? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I know for me, having a two-year-old, we have a schedule, but it changes all the time. And it all depends on what writer wants to do right then. And if we have things planned out, he finds some way to make it all about him. And that's just being a two-year-old. That's absolutely you know? being a two-year-old. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. So nothing's have to really have, right. set. You have to be a little spontaneous mm-hmm. and go with the flow. Oh, yeah. Flexibility. If not, you're going to go nuts. That's for sure. <laughs> right. It's so really important. Do you use uh, or recommend technology for helping families schedule? Or do any of you guys in the room have... Use technology? You know? Yeah. Other yes. than the calendar? Well, yeah. like what kind of calendar do you... Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. So I, I use my, my phone. phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody wants to schedule something before I say yes... I make sure that there's not. Do you have a, a specific app or program that you use? No, just just, uh, just my my uh, my phone. Ca- does it sync to your computer? I think it does. Yeah, yeah. It, but it's it all does. like. Can your husband access that? If he has my access to my email, it's probably it might be Google. Um, if you have yeah, Gmail, it's probably yeah. your Google Calendar. Yep. Mm-hmm. I have um, an app that I was using. I think it's called Cozy Family Calendar. Yeah, that's what we use. And that I actually really like that app. You can share it between your family and. Right. Have like this person is doing this and this person is doing this. You can put a grocery list on it, just kind of yeah. knock all the bases out. Right. Yeah. It keeps everything really organized. Mm-hmm. But I, I do like the tactile, like actually having a physical calendar. Right. And um, what I found with most calendars is that they're too small as we added children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we have another show. We need a bigger calendar. Uh, but there's a one called the Monster Grid, and it's like three feet tall by one foot oh, wow. wide or something <laughs> like that for a month. That's a um, serious calendar. That right is a there. serious just calendar. Put it up on the wall. We, yeah, we have a nail. We have to nail it up on the wall every every year i just got my one for 2014 here but Aww. yeah it's it the the blocks are real big and so there's enough space to write in everything especially the weekends uh, i think that's really great particularly as kids get older because then they can actually right. consult the calendar mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. visuals are really important for young children they yeah. need that visual where, where they can actually look at something yeah and say oh today's saturday oh this is what i'm doing great mm-hmm. i know um what i had for when i was formerly a preschool teacher we had um it was a calendar with the pockets, and so it had, like, a little picture, and, like, oh, here's the birthday, it's a little present, this is a holiday. So the kids could visually see what was going on. So when they're not really at that point where they're reading, but um, they can kind of identify those pictures, they really enjoyed it. That's a fun they idea, did. with yeah. little pockets in it to mm-hmm. put special things. That's a yeah. great idea. Yeah, it was, it was a good yeah, one. It really includes <laughs> them. Uh-huh. Yeah. You just use the Google Calendar? Uh, yeah, I do. I use it for work and for yeah. For life stuff yeah for life <laughs> right. yes see i still have my my paper planner that i write things in and that's yeah. 
for my schedule though yeah. and then those little tiny spots well so what let's talk about what a reasonable weekend like might look like for a family like in either you know any situation or jolene's with the older kid and a, a young one you know let's say that there is like a one-year-old in the mix and an elementary age kid you know what's reasonable like to build around nap times and you know activities to do well again if it if you're lucky enough to be in a two-parent family then you have one parent who can go to the soccer game and one parent who can stay home with the one-year-old right otherwise you're in a little bit of trouble because you're on your own and again i think utilizing friends or family members um if you really want your child to be doing extracurricular activities how do you guys arrange it i mean i'm, I'm curious to know what you do yeah, I mean, well, I'm we're I have a husband, uh, but he's in the Navy and he is on a ship right now, so that means he's never around. So even when he's uh, when he's not deployed, a lot of the times he's working weekends. Mm-hmm. So I just have to kind of put my foot down and say one activity at a time, and I don't overschedule my kids. So my daughter, she doesn't have an interest in sports. I wish she did because I really had an interest in sports, but I'm not going to push on her because it's stress for her that she doesn't want to do it, and it's stress for me for driving her around everywhere. Uh, so if she's not super, super excited about it, uh, then I'm not going to schedule her for it because that's more on my plate. And then stress for me, too, trying to talk her into doing something she doesn't want to do in the first place. One point I wanted to come back to um, that you had brought up about what do you do with the younger child if your older child, say, has a soccer game. And I think it depends on the age of the younger child. But So I have a 5- and a 3-year-old, and when, he, when my 5-year-old played soccer, the younger brother always came, which sometimes he was into, sometimes he wasn't, but we tried to... Um, express to him that this is something his brother does and that you need to support your brother. It's not very long. I mean, this is AYSO for for four-year-olds. It's like a half-hour game. It's not very long. So they can obviously entertain themselves elsewhere, but we thought it was an important lesson to teach our younger child that you have to support the things that your family is doing. I mean, obviously, make them go to a soccer tournament. You know, you know if you have a really large age gap is probably not a good idea but um so did you bring things for him to do oh yeah yeah okay so that but so that's how you work around it so you've got the younger one who may or may not be interested in the game sure and so you brought things that he could occupy himself with for that half an hour oh sure i mean of course there's always technology you can always give them your phone to play a game but you bring cars for them to play with in the dirt or there's usually obviously a playground not very far away i'm actually going to get together with a group of moms next month and make busy bags Oh, nice. oh what I like a great the sound idea. of that. Yeah, so we're going to have um, everybody's going to bring stuff to make a certain kind of busy bag, and then you each get to share. So everybody gets a different busy bag. That's for their a good kids. idea. And that, but this, that's a good trick, I think, too, to being able to manage yeah, everything. Yeah, you have to be prepared. You can't just like, right. we're right. here. Yeah. Oh, why are you upset? I have nothing for you to do or right. for you exactly. to eat. Or but drink you need to, or, you know, you have to be, be quiet. Yeah, yeah. That's all about being a mom or a dad. It's like if you're going somewhere, you better be prepared. Or you're that parent that everybody's like, and you have nothing to entertain yourself. And I think sometimes bringing, I like that idea of the bag because bringing special toys to some of these events that don't come out all right. the time, you know, just for this, just for the soccer, you know, oh, these are your special toys that we bring out when you're at your brother's yeah. soccer game. And they're like, wow, this is great. So it's more novel, too. It's not mm-hmm. always the toy that's always brought out, but different books for the, I like the book idea. I think this is very good. <laughs> <laughs> very Those smart. Books. Yeah, get the books out, everybody. I like the idea of like an exchange, too, of like, you know what, let me put together a busy bag for you. You put one for me because then it's all brand new. Right. right. It just blows their mind. 
mind when it's a new toy. Maybe you'll get an invite to my busy bag. <laughs> well, Hi. I'll have to check the calendar yes. and make sure it's going to work. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much, everyone, for joining us. Thanks, Nancy, um, for the great ideas. Um, for more information about uh, today's topic or for more information about our panelists, visit the episode page on our website. We are going to continue our conversation, though, for members of our Parent Savers Club. After the show, we're going to talk a little bit about the biggest mistake parents make when it comes to scheduling. For more information about the Parent Savers Club or anything else, visit parentsavers.com. Well, not anything else. Parentsavers.com. Anything else related to the show, go to parentsavers.com. We have a question for one of our experts from Adrian in New Mexico. She writes, I'm having a hard time with my son's cradle cap. I can't get rid of it, and it just keeps coming back. What suggestions can you offer me? I've been using gentle baby products on him because he has eczema. Help. Hi, this is Dr. Frederick Johnson calling in. Adrian, I guess my first question would be, how old is your son? Usually for younger kids or infants, we suggest using either head and shoulders or selsin once or twice a week to get rid of the scales and then using a gentle brush and perhaps baby oil in between. If it's not doing any better with that after, I would say, a couple of weeks, you should probably have him seen by his doctor just to make sure that it's only cradle cap and not something else. So hope that answers all your questions and I'll talk to everyone later. Bye-bye. All right, that wraps it up for today's show. Thanks so much for joining us on Parent Savers. We totally appreciate you listening. Please tell your friends about it if you liked us, and go ahead and tell them about us, even if you didn't, but tell them you did like us. Um, <laughs> don't forget to check out our sister shows, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, The Boob Groups for Moms Who Breastfeed Their Babies, and Twin Talks, which is our newly debuted show for parents of multiple of the same age. Next week on Parent Savers, though, we're going to be talking about potty training mistakes, and this is Parent Savers Empowering New Parents. This has been a New Mommy Media Production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.